Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick. Ron Green Jr. covers the game for Global Golf Post. Ron sat down with Greg Norman last week at the final event of the year for Live Golf. Pleasure to welcome Ron Green Jr. back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Ron? I'm good, John. Uh, enjoying fall here uh, in the Carolinas. With uh, It's sort of peak fall right now. Uh, which means if you hit it in the rough, it's hard to find your golf ball under the leaves. Yeah, but it's spectacular. November's my favorite time of the year around here. It's just great. Me too. Me too. Um, before we get into what you and Greg talked about, I'm interested in his demeanor. Ron, did he seem like a guy who'd been put through the ringer in the last six months to a year? Uh, he seemed pretty Joyful and upbeat to me. Uh, I ran into him a couple times during the week, and I think he was uh, excited that they had made it to the final event of the season. I mean, go back to whenever the Genesis Invitational in February, and you were uh, questioned whether it was going to happen at all. And I think, honestly, they were too, and they got it put together. Uh, it's not every, It wasn't everything it's going to be, or at least they say it's going to be next year. But I think, uh, yeah, he seemed relaxed. I mean, it was beautiful i mean it's 85 degrees at doral and um you know they had a nice build out there and at least the times i saw him he was uh seemed in very good mood you you've done this for a long time you got a pretty good meter for these sorts of things when he told you that the players were loving it that the fans were loving it and that the media was kind of kind of starting to come around did you think he was being sincere well i think it depends on where you're view from what your point of view is you know i think they feel like they have gotten they've sort of won i don't know if one's the right word but carried the narrative through the second half of the the year with what they've done what they've created and how it's sort of come on and with the players and everything i think they have they have succeeded in making themselves and raising the awareness of who they are what they're doing where they're going what they're trying to accomplish now i think they still have not won the battle for the hearts and minds of golf fans who are interested in the competition. And I think it's critical next year that the competition begin to matter for them because I think, yeah, I mean, some fans are interested. I mean, my email, it, whenever I write about it and everybody who's in the writing business should thank live golf because it's generated a lot more readership. Hmm. But I, I think there's a sharp dividing line. I think most people are probably still on the PGA tour side. There are some, who love to criticize Jay Monahan and blame him for everything and say this never should have happened and they like live and it's time for freshen up. I, I sense that's a a distinct minority. Uh and, and I don't know how much bigger their support's gonna be than what they've gotten right now because they've certainly, you know, captured the curiosity of people for, for the time being. At an event, Ron, do you sense a demo? distinction do you do you sense that an older golf lover sides with the pga tour and maybe a younger one is intrigued by live to be fair i've been to two of them and i've never stayed but for one day of the competition so i I can't fully say that i think they are catering they're trying to cater to a broad audience but i think there is a demographic there the 21 to 45 that they're they feel like they can really grab hold of and uh, it's it's a lot about the experience, and you know PGA Tour events have been doing this for a while. Uh, but 
you know, the the music that plays, uh, that's one of the first things you notice. It plays constantly when you're there, when, even when competition is going on. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, hospitality areas, places to do things. And uh, it's more than just going to a golf tournament to watch the golf. And I think they're trying to celebrate that and bring people in with that kind of, you know, I mean, skydivers before the, the uh, shotgun starts and, you know, they got the big concert stage was set up right behind the 18th green at Doral last week. They've got, uh, you know, all sorts of things. I mean, they're not drawing huge crowds. I think they did very well on the weekend in Chicago and Boston. So I was told around 20,000 a day. I think they had nine to 12,000 probably on the weekend at Doral. Uh, I, I think if they're, which would be fine because they didn't have that many players out there. Mm-hmm. I think they, sort of see it as a boutique kind of thing, which, you know, I'll give them credit for that. I love going to golf tournaments that aren't overly crowded. I think, you know, I think it, the RBC Heritage Hilton, they found a right number around 18,000 a day. <clears throat> you may pay a little more for your ticket, but you're not swamped trying to just run ahead two holes to watch guys play golf. You can see it comfortably. And uh, so that part I like, I, I know they're big on the team concept, and that's sort of what's driving this, and that's going to be the focus next year. But I haven't quite – it hadn't quite hooked me yet. We're talking with Ron Green here on the Augusta Golf Show. How important, Ron, does he feel getting some sort of TV deal is? I think it's critical for them. Uh, you know, There are ways to go find them, but you've got to go look for them now. And, uh, you know, obviously the numbers when they were overseas in Bangkok and in Saudi Arabia were, I mean, really, really low for people watching part. Obviously, time had a lot to do with it. But I think they need to it needs to be easy for for people to find them. Uh, And, I, you know, whether or not it's true that they're going to buy time to get themselves on a network. I mean, that would seem desperate, but it might seem mandatory also. I just think if if they live in the shadows the whole time, I think it's uh, that's not what this thing was has set out to do. I do think they, you know, they're part of their business model, and they love to talk about the business model is is to get investors into these franchises, these teams, and that that way the Saudis can recoup some of the money they've invested. But I, you know, and they want people wearing whether it's the four aces or you know, whatever the high flyers wearing their gear and all that sort of stuff. If people don't see him, I don't think it ever happens. And I think uh, I, if you sign, if whatever network signs with them, it's a, there's a lot of baggage that comes with it, with the whole Saudi government thing. You know, it's, I think it's one thing for companies that do business in Saudi Arabia, as many of them do, but this is more like working for the government. I mean, the government sort of runs this thing, and I think that's been part of the big sticking point, at least in terms of the political discussion of it. How does he think the effort to get um, world ranking points is going? He said that he and Peter Dawson have been in contact. They've had discussions about it. And it, in Greg Norman's words, Peter Dawson thinks Liv should get points and wants them to get points. Of course, when we reached out to Peter Dawson, he said he does not intend he doesn't comment on such things i think it's a long hard road for them to do it ask norman if he had over promised you know when when they were recruiting players they said you know you're not going to be suspended you're going to be able to play where you want to you're going to be able to get world golf ranking points and all this and many of those things haven't happened yet and i asked if he over promised on the world golf ranking points. just no we we knew it was going to be a long 
road to do this. We're disappointed it hasn't happened now. And and I, you know, he says, and other players says, we check all the boxes to get world ranking points, to which everybody else says, except for you still play 54 holes, you still only have 48 players, and you still don't have a merit-based way of qualifying for the tour. Three of sort of the foundational building blocks of the world golf ranking. So I don't know. I mean, sure, they've got a lot of really good players there. Uh, and I think, you know, th- there's probably some merit for points there. But, you know, they've, they've been paid such enormous amounts of money. It's hard for them escape to escape the perception that it's exhibition golf. Unfair question. Nobody knows this. Where do you, where do you see us with all of this, Ron? Um, two years from now. Um, well, I think that will depend on the lawsuit that's supposed to come before the court in January twenty. What's my year? Twenty twenty-four. Yeah. My sense is they both keep fighting, keep going along, doing their thing through. Then they want to, you know. I think both sides feel like they have a case that they can win on. I, you know, based on my little bit of talking to lawyers who know this stuff, it sounded like in the 14-page filing the judge had after the initial court case to get some players into tournaments, it sounded like she said, well, if this is the best Liv has to offer, it may not be a strong enough case to win the lawsuit. But, you know, there's so many more things to go on. I I don't see a resolution anytime soon. And some people suggested if Greg Norman were not in the picture, it would be easier to... Maybe, but I've also had people who were on the other side say it wouldn't matter who uh, it was running live. They're, they're not the tour is not interested in uh, working with them. Uh, I think they have dug their heels in. I think with the money they have uh, committed to these elevated events and the way uh, I think 2023 is going to give us a glimpse of the future of the PGA Tour. I think 2024 is going to be even more significantly altered. I think the schedule is going to change maybe perhaps drastically or dramatically. And I think they're committed to getting there and uh, having more of these elevated events. So, you know, two years from now, I think they'll, if once there's a lawsuit resolution, I think uh, it will force the hand of one side or the other. Um, but until then, I kind of think it just motors along. I don't sense any, uh, likely resolution anytime soon. He's Ron Green, covers the game for Global Golf Post. You can read him there, Global, Global Golf Post Plus. Ron, thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, John. I enjoyed it.